Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It is here. College football is back officially. Uh, we do have, uh, you know, we did have some games on Saturday, so we'll have to get into that. But we have full predictions here. Uh, it's a great, great week, a great week for this podcast, and uh, we're looking forward to the college football season. Nathan Stacken joining you alongside my good friend and co-host Travis Prince. Travis, how we doing? Good. Uh, football, yeah, football's coming up, so that's that's exciting. You got holiday weekend, so a couple games I'm interested in. So we'll, we'll see how things go on on Saturday for the most part. Yes, yes, we will. Before we get into that, though. Uh, I need to uh, talk about last weekend South Dakota uh, athletics or South Dakota football, high school football. Uh, you have, uh, of course, are the the play-by-play guy for for Mitchell Colonels. How did they fare against Yankton? Uh, not very well. Uh, they lost forty-five to six. So right. yeah, they, they lost. It's yeah, it's. It wasn't really completely surprising, but, you know, there's probably going to be a couple more games like that. They play Pier next week, September 11th or September 10th, I think, on a Saturday. So that could be one of those games. So they got Sturgis this Saturday. So that's the game that they got to win or else mm-hmm. they're looking maybe you know, a three-win season. But, yeah, they just could not stop the Yankton offense. Their quarterback was really good. So, yeah, twenty-four nothing at half, thirty-one nothing in their early third quarter. So it was was not good. Forty-five-six. And then I saw you had a tweet about Canis, uh, uh, Canton, right? Uh, number oh, one. Canistota. 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 Okay, I was going to say Canistota, and then I thought, oh, maybe I got it wrong. Okay, uh, no, no. Canistota, number one in nine A, right? Correct. And then they played. Uh, how was it Howard? Correct, number one yep. in nine double A. Yeah, it was a game. You know, number one versus number one. One of the ended up being a good game. Yep. And I would, you know, if I, I would, I would guess both of those teams are probably going to win the state titles in those classes. So we'll see. Okay. So uh, Howard beats Canastota twenty-one to twenty in the last-second touchdown with eleven seconds to go. Have the result, and I saw you tweet about it, uh, yes. about, like, oh, are, are people going to take down Canisota for losing to a team, number one team in their respective class, a class above them. Have the have the votes, have the tallies come out yet? And if so, what is the result? Yeah, they came out around, oh, no, not, uh, they embargoed them until 5 o'clock, so it is just after 5 o'clock as we speak, and... They came out about three hours ago. Uh, there were 20 voters this week. What do you think happened? I put, I, I didn't change it. I put Canisota number one in 9A. Every, like there were 18 votes maybe last week. All the voters said, yep, Canisota, the unanimous number one in class 9A. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think happened? I figured there'd be a couple yeah. that would drop them. There were 20 voters this week. How many do you think put them at number one? I, I would guess... Uh, I, I, 18? 11. Oh, my. I thought they're, they're still at number one. Gregory is at number two. Well, good There's for him. nine first place votes. <laughs> um, I put Canisota number one, obviously, but I thought there'd be at least a couple, you know. I, you know, maybe I, I thought maybe, you know, 16 or 17 
uh, would vote them, and maybe there'd be three or four mm-hmm. outliers. But it was nearly half. Nearly half of them put Canastota uh, not number one. And again, they lost to the number one team in the class above them by one point with 11 seconds to go. It doesn't get much closer than that. Nope. Why? Again, that, that defies logic to me. And apparently it defies logic to, or it doesn't defy logic for half the people that voted. There were a small majority at 11 to 9. So why you would drop a team like that, one spot, I would love, nobody's going to respond to that. Tweet, I wish they would. would be like, why would you now all of a sudden put Canastota at number two? Mm -hmm. All right, Howard and Canastota, they're both number one. They played before, usually a close game. Uh, this one is no exception. Came down to the final seconds. Another close game could have gone either way. If Howard would have lost, I would not have dropped Howard in the nine double A rankings. I would not have dropped them. I would have continued to put them at number one. I think those are the two best teams in their respective classes. So um, yeah, the polls don't matter. Uh, sometimes they're very frustrating, mm-hmm. but well, that's what I, happened. Yep, and I know we talked about this last week about yeah. how this tends to happen and would it happen this year, and we got the result like right away, week one or week I guess week two for some of these for some of these schools. Um, who was the guy that you had on your podcast last year? Uh, was it Ryan Day? No, that who Ryan Deal. Uh, was it with 605 Sports or whatever? He's big, yeah, yeah, he used to work here in Mitchell. And yeah. He's still here in Mitchell. He works for 605 Sports, and he is the accumulator of the poll. He emails out the results. You email him your poll. Okay. Right. And just, I just would be curious if he has any thoughts as to, like, if this is acceptable. Like, why would almost half the voters choose to take – you know, to, to say that Canastota is not a first-place team, grand, is, you know, that they lost by one point with less than a minute to go, less than 30 seconds to go, to a team that's number one in a class higher than them. Like, it just, to me, that, that means that there are not as many educated voters out there. Like, it, it's just... Like so, I know you had said that if Howard would have lost to Canastota, maybe you, you would have kept them at number one. I would at yes. least be more open to that if Howard had lost. You're like, okay, you lost to a team that yes was number one in their class, but it's still a class below you. I could. I, think, I mean, if nine man, it doesn't. You know, the classes don't mean a whole lot for me because they play each other a lot. Okay. And 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 these teams have played many times throughout the last couple yep. of years, and the games are usually close. I think they played. I think it was. I think it was these two teams that played a couple of years ago. It was like a you know a fourteen to twelve triple overtime defensive type game. I at least would be old, so it, more. Yeah, it's 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 odd. I would at least be more open to the conversation of Howard dropping a. A spot or losing or losing some of their first place votes, losing to a team that's in a, a lower class than them. But yeah, it, I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. So I'd be curious to hear um, his perspective on that. Like, why are people doing this? This it just doesn't make sense. We talked about it last week, and here we already have that first example. It is very frustrating because it, it's it's very hard to take polls seriously when you, when you get these results. And I would say if, if Canastota was 9AA, I'd probably vote them number two. Sure. If they were 9AA. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, a couple other things um, 
Del Rapid St. Mary's, they were the champs last year in 9B, our smallest class. And they lost pretty big to Hamlin. Hamlin is a 9AA team. They're number four in 9AA, and they blew out Del Rapid St. Mary pretty good. It was, you know, 30, 40 point victory. They beat them pretty good. I kept Del Rapids at number one, uh, Del Rapid St. Mary's. They fell to four. Uh, three people voted them number one. 14 people voted Harry Selby area number one. And uh, Avon got uh, three per first place votes. So I can see them, you know, dropping from one down to four. They lost to a nine double A team by five, five, six touchdowns. I can understand that. But that, just because they did that, just because they lost by 40 points, I still think they're the best team in that class. Right. Despite, I mean, so I think they're better than Avon and Harry Tilbury and whoever the hell else you want to put up against them in 9B. So that's why I and two other people kept them at number one. So that was another, uh, another poll example to have some debate. Mm-hmm. And then there was one more, uh, Mitchell. I was talked about Mitchell losing forty-five to six, mm-hmm. and they were number five in the preseason poll. Just barely, they received like seven votes, or probably seven people voted on number five. Um, and I didn't even vote in the first one because my I have no idea. I'm not, you know, I have no idea. I voted in this one. I kept Mitchell at five. I was the only one to do so. Um, everybody else puts Sturgis at number five, and Mitchell plays Sturgis this Saturday, and we'll see what happens there. So who, who did I, think, Sturgis I think Mitchell's better than Sturgis, so I think mm-hmm. they'll win Saturday. Yep. Who did who did Sturgis play this last week? Like was it was it a team of note? Yeah, I, no. Let me check here because they, they played somebody. They did win. And obviously Mitchell, I mean, did not play well, but but Yankton's very good. You know, Yankton mm-hmm. is at number three, and. And they might not even be the number two team. Uh, Sturgis, they played uh, Rapid City uh, Central. They're, I mean, they're a triple-A team, so they beat them 38 to nothing, which I guess you know, is impressive. But again, I have, I'll say I don't have any respect for those West River schools, but it's just a different level of competition that's not very good. So they mm-hmm. did beat a triple-A team 38 to nothing, but that maybe says that Sturgis is decent and Rapid City Central is very, very bad. And Rapid City Central is probably the worst team uh, in AAA. If they're losing a Sturgis, thirty-eight to nothing. Yeah. So you know we'll, we'll find out Saturday who wins. So you know you'll get that and you're like, oh, maybe I should have switched to Sturgis. Like, no, I'm fine keeping Mitchell. If I'm the only one that puts Mitchell at five, that's fine. Um, I think Mitchell's better than Sturgis or Spearfish or Aberdeen or Watertown or any other team. I have them ranked ahead of them because why I have them ranked ahead of these teams because I think they're better and would beat them more times than not. So uh, we will see. You know, Sturgis may very well beat Mitchell Saturday, but uh, then I would change my vote to Sturgis. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. That we will. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just very interesting how how all that all that stuff. And then happens. I mean I mean the preseason polls polls are, are worthless anyway, but. Preseason ones are, are stupid, mm-hmm. um, and in an eleven AAA with the Sioux Falls schools, the top two teams lost. They lost big time. Um, O'Gorman beat Brandon Valley like fifty-five to twenty, and then uh, Sioux Falls Jefferson beat Harrisburg, you know, by four or five touchdowns. So you know, those are number three and number four are now your number ones and number twos. And the number two team yeah. fell all the way out of the rankings, 
and number one fell to number four. So I mean, there's I mean, there's just there's polls to have something to talk about. Speaking of, yeah, our, our West Central team jumped to number one. There you go. There you go. Because number four, number four, Del Rapids beat number one Madison. Madison drops to five. I put Del Rapids at number one. I kept West Central at two. West Central got eight first place votes. Del Rapids got nine. But West Central number one. You only have one fewer first place votes. So, yeah. So some movement in the polls after the first week. More, more number twos and seven. Speaking of Gorman, there's something going on with them and that school. But uh, So that's not... Good news. I don't think is that sports related. What have you seen this? Uh, something about no. The, they want some a kid to black cut kid his hair. to cut his hair because yeah. it's past his collar, and he's got longer hair, but not ridiculously long. That's that's the story that the Argus Leader did. So, you know, like Catholic schools, here, it's like leave the kid alone. If you want long hair, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Indeed. So let's uh, let's begin here. Before we get into our college football preview, and we will talk baseball because there's a uh, interest. There's a question I have regarding the the schedule for Major League Baseball that was released last week. Um, do we have any other thing? Anything else from any of the other sports? Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant, I guess, is going to stay no. with the Brooklyn Nets. That's uh, good. Vikings lose in their final preseason game. Not that that matters at all whatsoever. Again, like, again, like, well, Sean Mannion started. I watched the first series defensively, and I watched one play offensively. Again, like I said last week, why does Kevin Mann not take the majority of this game, or at least the, the entire first half? They, I mean, they yeah. traded for, we've got to mention last week, they traded for Nick Mullins, who yeah. I, I like him. I think he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Yep. I like that move for when Cousins misses week fucking 14 with COVID again. So I like that move. Mm-hmm. But, again, like you, you need to see what Kellen Mond has got. We don't need to see anything from Sean Mannion. He's not going to get any better. He is what he is at this point, five, six years into his career. So I don't understand that that reasoning of, oh, you want to get him some work. Well, I hope the fuck Sean Mannion's not even on this team here in a couple days because yep. – and I keep him four quarterbacks, and Christ, we barely kept two last year. Yep. So somebody's going to get cut. I don't think it's going to be the guy they picked last year, oh boy. No, no. Well, so. you know, the, I, I've seen multiple projections that have the Vikings only keeping two quarterbacks, but hoping to land Kellen Mond on the practice squad. Um, Jesus Christ. So I mean, that would be that would mean then it's Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins. We'll we'll see what happens here. I I don't. It seems awfully early to try and, you know, just give up on a second-round pick, a guy who had a very good collegiate career and I think is can be a dual threat. Uh, I mean, I, I would give at him this a point, At this point, he probably will not start a game for the Vikings. Probably not, no. Or even in the NFL. The, the guy who I think is the best, you know who I think is the best backup quarterback in all of football? Oh, oh let's see. Oh, yeah, I know. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I think he is the best backup quarterback. He's with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Nick Mullins. Got him for like a seventh-round pick. Like, what would it take to get – Would it? could you get Gardner Minshew for a fourth-rounder? Well, you know – a fifth-rounder? Like, what, what would it take to get him? It's the Eagles, so you know they would fleece the Vikings for a couple picks higher than what they <laughs> it ultimately should be, just like how the Vikings had to give up a first-round pick for Bradford. Sure. So – more than likely, yeah, I, 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 I like him a lot. Yeah. You know, he could be like a, you know, 
starter in the league. I mean, he is better than a few of these starting quarterbacks oh, in the yes. league. But yep, you know, just in like what would it take to get him? I don't know. Yeah, probably a third or fourth. Well, the Vikings also reportedly are shop, uh, not actively shopping, but listening to offers for backup Alexander Madison. Uh, this uh, they're wanting uh, reportedly a third or fourth round pick, but he's in the last year of his rookie deal. That seems highly unlikely. I mean, I think I think it warrants a third or fourth round pick because Madison is really good. He could be a starting running back on multiple um, teams in this league. But at the so who do you have? What the Chandler? Would he be the, the guy then? I would say Kenny Wongwu would be the backup, and then. Ty, Ty Chandler would be third. Would you rather have Madison or would you rather have a fourth round pick? Well, and so that's the the key. Also, year. I mean, like I don't. Delvin, know. I mean, Delvin Cook is going to miss some games here. That's what's going to happen to him. I agree, and that's why I was kind of wondering, like, would you rather keep Madison on a less expensive deal than Dalvin Cook? But I mean, Dalvin. Dalvin is certainly more versatile, and I think he's going to thrive in Kevin O'Connell's offense. I really do. Uh, it's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and he's never stayed fully healthy for a, for a full season. So is it better to keep Madison and maybe shop Cook? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to it. I think I would, I would rather have a third or a fourth round pick instead of Madison because I do think Kenny and Longu and uh, – uh, and and Ty Chandler will be just fine. Will be serviceable enough. Or I, I, but that that doesn't seem likely. So do you keep him on there, or do you, you do you dump him for a fifth or a sixth round pick? I don't. I mean, that would be more than what you're probably going to get because you're not going to keep him in the off season unless Dalvin suffers a big injury. So I don't know. I, it, like, there are very there are a lot of different avenues you could go down here. But I guess at the end of the day. If it were me, I would maybe try and trade Dalvin Cook. He's the he's the uh, he's the Byron Buxton of the Vikings. He can never stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really see they see that a lot in baseball, but uh, you rarely see that in the other sports. Of this guy's in the last year of his deal, so we're just going to trade him because we're not going to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure we'll talk more Vikings next week, but. Yes. Yep, we'll have our NFL preview we'll see. next oh, week. Yes, yes. Uh, so we'll definitely dive into the Vikings and stuff. Uh, the roster Rosters have to be cut down to 53 uh, players by Tuesday, uh, August 30th. So that's that's that. We're recording this before August 30th, so you'll know the, the cuts at that point. I do find it odd that we have cuts, uh, that the 53-man roster has to be made by uh, by August 30th. And yet the season doesn't start for over a week, like it nine makes, days later. It just it doesn't uh, make sense with how they've set up this preseason deal. However, you don't want to encroach on college football on Labor Day. That's their weekend, though. The NFL, like like the NFL, cares a whole lot. I just think there, there's something that needs to be adjusted. I would think to the the amount of time in between cut day and then or the last preseason game and the regular season. And then you got our punter from Buffalo who got cut yes. from San Diego State yeah. for rape allegations. We were didn't we talk about how good he was and how much we liked well, we him? Did. And stuff? I mean, it was exciting to see him, and we'll see if, if this if something comes out of this and it proves to be you know false. You know, and the thing is, you know, him and Deshaun Watson 
he's a punter. Yeah, even though he's awesome and exciting to kick in a football, they just cut him immediately. Just an allegation of, hey, you may have raped a 17-year-old girl back in college. Serious allegation. Um, but you know, they, he says he's innocent, so you I, know, hopefully for his sake he is and he does actually get to play, but that's a tough break for him. It is, but I don't think – the Bills did not do their due diligence – in finding out more about this allegation. Apparently, they were made aware of the lawsuit at the end of July. Didn't do anything about it. Didn't get ahead of this potential PR nightmare. Uh, apparently, a couple of executives were aware that there was an incident regarding Matt Ariza, and maybe that's why he wasn't the first punter selected here. Yeah, that's this, all it, well. this is a gang rape of a 17-year-old girl then at the time, I and mean, that's terrible. You know, there, that is absolutely inexcusable. That is... Uh, I, I, that's very comparable to the as bad as what Deshaun Watson was doing, though. I mean, rape is probably worth it. I, I guess for, I mean, it's, it, bad. it's it bad. It's worse than what Deshaun on. Watson did, but then what Deshaun Watson did, he did it two dozen times. So yeah, it's yeah. you know apples and oranges of you know one very serious thing or two dozen not as serious things. So it's you mm-hmm. know who he could go either way. It's just. Oh, like we we like this guy. You know, it's uh, again we used to love Deshaun Watson when he was at Clemson, and then beginning his NFL career with the Texans. Like we thought both going into that draft that he was the best quarterback available. That was the draft class of Mahomes and Trubisky, and obviously Mahomes right now is better than than Watson. But we both really liked Watson, and then you have all these allegations come out and how he's handled it and everything, and it's just like, it's sour, like, just get me the hell away from him as, as much as, as fast as possible, as far as possible, and now you have Matt Ariza, who's, you know, 82-yard punt uh, in the preseason, and everyone thinks he's he's the darling, he won the punting job, like, Buffalo cut their punter last week, Matt Hawk, <laughs> who has just signed with the Colts, because their punter tore his Achilles, so I, if the Bills were made aware of this and didn't think anything of it, I, I don't know what that says about the brain trust within their organization. I know Brandon Bean is is a good GM, but there's some bad decision-making going on there in Buffalo if they were just going to choose to ignore that. And uh, this girl's lawyer uh, was reading in part like something from a journal entry from that night, and it's pretty graphic, pretty disturbing. I don't think you would put something in a journal like that if it wasn't... True. I, I I think that's that's just where I'm at with it right now. But I, it, it's a bad situation all the way around. But if the, it is true, Matt Ariza shouldn't play in the NFL ever again. He should just be in jail in an orange uh, jumpsuit. If his name was Ben Roethlisberger, he'd get a six-game suspension. That'd be it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, like, again, we've seen this happen to football players before, and it matters if you are a quarterback for the Steelers. You'll keep your job. If you're a rookie punter, you have no shots. Well, but he did win the competition. This it's only after the blowback. I know, but like if you get you get accused of this, no matter yes. who you are, you're getting cut. Yep. But if you know if this was if this, Josh was, Allen. If this was Kirk Cousins, like well, we're gonna wait and see on this. If it were Josh Allen, it would be a wait and see. Yeah, but Josh Allen, well, we're gonna maybe wait this out because we kind of want to win a Super Bowl this year. So yeah, so that's mm-hmm. disappointing. So. So, I mean, Serena Williams is going to play tonight. Probably going to be her last tennis match. I would think so. Yep. She's playing doubles. With, she's playing doubles with her sister. That's like good. Wednesday. So she'll have that. And then I do want to mention uh, the Peter quarterback, Lincoln Keenholz. Yes. I'll get to see him next weekend, which will be a 
pleasure again. Do you think the Washington um, coaches will be there at all to see him, or since he's already committed there, they, they won't? Yeah, be there? I, I would think, yeah, they're done with that. Uh, Peter beats Aberdeen like 50 to 15. Uh, Lincoln Keenholes, 438 passing yards, six touchdowns. Holy cow. What If he did that, okay, is Aberdeen better than Mitchell? Or they, they beat compare? Mitchell last year. Um, but Mitchell ended up as the five seed ahead of all those other teams. So um, Mitchell actually played Peter pretty close last year, scored a lot of points. So I'm interested in seeing that. He also rushed for 55 yards and a touchdown, so he accounted for seven touchdowns Saturday. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see him. But I Mitchell's mean, played pure. I mean, Mitchell's big problem is they just can't stop offenses at times. Well, so. And that was my question. I mean, if if he's if Lincoln Keyholes is going to put up over 400 yards and six touchdowns or whatever, uh, uh, like is if uh, against Aberdeen, how much better is Aberdeen's defense than Mitchell's? If Mitchell just uh, lost 45 to six, that that doesn't uh, bode well. There, there was a game last year where Pierre had like three, uh, at least three, like first half turnovers, and they still led at the at the half. And it's like, all right, Mitchell, you had your chance. Like, mm-hmm. how many more turnovers do you want? So, yeah, we'll get to see him one more time. Very good, very good. Well, shall we get to the the big uh, the college football uh, picks and stuff? All right, so college football has begun. Apparently, uh, so I guess before the picks, uh, Lee Corso was bad on television uh, yet, uh, this last week when College Game Day making their season debut. He babbled on a lot. He's just not coherent. It's just difficult. He's 90 years old. He's a staple of College Game Day, the mascot head. I mean, it's become a tradition. It's become a, a, an industry. But you got to get rid of him. Get uh, get our boy uh, Pat McAfee on. Get someone else. But Lee Corso is not a 87. Okay. Well, regardless, it's, he's yeah, still got to go. It's it's bad, but it seemed like uh, Twitter unanimously was like, ESPN, please get him off. It was that bad. I did not see it. I'm just going off of the articles that I read, but it was not good. However, uh, we do have some interesting outcomes from last week, or at least one interesting outcome. Uh, Vanderbilt put up 63 points against Hawaii, playing in a less than 10,000-seat stadium there in Hawaii. So that is interesting. But that's not really the big story. The big story is Nebraska losing to Northwestern in Dublin because why not? 31 to 28. They had a 28-17 lead. Tried an onside kick. It failed miserably. Uh, Northwestern drove down the short field, scored a touchdown, scored late. They win 31 to 28. Scott Frost is now 15 and 30, or 15 wins at Nebraska. It's just it's a bad look. Uh, the, the onside kick aside, you still lose that game. It's bad. I just don't... I feel bad for Charlie, and I, I don't know how to like necessarily broach the subject when I talk with him later on in the podcast here, but I can't imagine he's very happy, and you just look at Nebraska's schedule, it's just like, um, okay, are they getting the six wins? Because if you're going to lose to Northwestern the way they did... If Minnesota's as good as what we think they're going to be, and of course you have to play what Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State in November, it's uh-huh. it's ugly. That you you can ill afford to lose games the way Nebraska did at Northwestern. Is Scott Frost going to be the first coach fired? 
at this point, you have to wonder I, I, how more, how much more patient can be can can Huskers fans, can the AD, the the school, the university in general, be patient with the chosen prodigal son? You know, like if they lose to North Dakota this week, you know, you have to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, if, I mean, they should win. So if they kind of go through the season as a 500 team, like you gave him this year, so you may as well give him the year. A lot of people thought you should have got rid of him last year, but you brought him back, a lot of changes to the coaching staff, a lot of transfers. So, all right, if you're going to do this again for year number five, may as well give him the entire season. Unless, you know, we're at, we're at three and six, three and seven, and like, all right, we're not making a bowl game. This didn't work out, so... Awful, you know, just awful. Our quarterback looked good at times. Uh, Casey Thompson from Texas, you know, mm-hmm. thinking improvement at quarterback. Um, offense looked good at times. We had that onside kick. It's like, no, don't do not do that. You're up 11 in the, in, in the third quarter, you know, and maybe you still lose the game even if you do kick it off. But because you did that, that is the thing everybody is going to focus on. Mm-hmm. And they were, they did not score another touchdown there in the last quarter and a half. Yeah, they didn't score they another point. 31, 31 points halfway through the third, 28 points halfway through the third. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, we might score 40 points today. And they don't score again. So that was a game that everybody, I mean, they were 12-point favorites, the team they beat by 40, 50 points a year ago, and they lose that one. So – you know, it's still out there to win six, but I think it's going to be tough. You know, I had Nebraska no. finishing the season at five and seven, so and probably they, they, need, they need to win a game that they're not expected to win. Yep. And I mean, they are in every game though; they're in every game. What seven, seven straight losses by single digits? Yep. But this I mean, is, this one know. hurts more, I think, because they had the lead and blew it. Doesn't like this yeah. is a this is different where oh they're playing really close like it's been back and forth and stuff this one they had this one in not say in the bag but it was a yes. it was it was a comfortable eleven point lead and then you you tried this and I mean again I have Nebraska at five wins going into the season and I had them beating Northwestern I have them also beating North Dakota Georgia Southern I have them starting three and zero I have them beating <sighs> Indiana at home I have them beating Illinois at home. And I have them losing, you know, at Rutgers, at Purdue, home to Minnesota, at Michigan, home to Wisconsin, and at Iowa. I mean, you find me maybe that maybe the W they could make up would be at Rutgers, maybe maybe Oklahoma, but find me where they could make up that W uh, or two Ws, I guess now for me. I'd see maybe one, and that would be at Rutgers and maybe Minnesota. Those are the only two that I could really can. Uh, conceivably see Nebraska being able to pull out. I think they can beat Indiana. They can beat Illinois. Yep, and I have those two wins for them. Yep. I mean, they, they can beat any of these teams. They can beat any of them. I mean, last year, you look at their schedule last year, they go 3-9, and nine, and I don't know where they were on strength of schedule. But this, you look back at their schedule, they played Oklahoma. They played Michigan State. Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Uh, they played the the three best teams on the other side of their division, mm-hmm. uh, along with Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota, and they lose to Ohio State by nine. Yep. They lose to Michigan State in overtime. They lose to Oklahoma by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They lose to Iowa by a touchdown. They lose to Wisconsin by a touchdown. Yep. I mean, they were in all of those games, 
three and nine, nine and three, six and six. Could have been any of those. They they lost at Illinois. They have a terrible game at Illinois to open up last season. But they lose by eight. Yeah. So. Man, they need to win one of these games. They, they still got a shot at six and six. And if you go six and six, maybe you ride it out another year. But a lot of changes. Offense looked better. Defense was not very good. But it just reminds me of what I think about Nebraska. And you know, oh, we got to win this game. And the same things happened last year, even though it's a completely new roster, a new coaching staff. I think with like the Vikings, the Vikings, they were the Huskers of the NFL. All these close games, defense couldn't get a stop at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. All right. The roster is basically the same. Brand new coaching staff. Or is anything going to happen? Or are we going to be watching watching that first game against the Packers? There's going to be two minutes to go, and it's going to be like a four-point game. It's like, all right, is the defense going to make a stop, and are we going to win? Or is uh, Cousins going to drive us down, and are we going to win that way? So you're like, yeah. all right, I'll just tune in for the final two minutes and see, see what happens. So. And and. To your point on Nebraska's schedule last year, their three the three crossover games that they had like with the Big Ten East were against Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. This year they do get Rutgers, I mean, they get Indiana, they do have Michigan again. So it's it's far easier with the teams they're playing on the on the East side. And but I mean you do have to go at at Iowa. You have to go at Purdue. That's not easy. Uh, your easier games do come at home. Uh, and the, there are difficult road games in there at Purdue, at Michigan, at Iowa. And, uh, again, I'm going to say Minnesota is no slouch. So um, it, it's it's very difficult for me to I, – I, I see how because of all the close losses that they've had, but it's difficult for me to see how they can make up two games that I have them losing – to make up for the one that I had them winning and they didn't on Saturday. Who know? I mean, it's, you know, it's sports. Who knows? They could, yeah. I'm sure they'll win one of them. Maybe they'll lose them all again. But, I mean, there, there are six wins out there. They just need to, they just need to finish a game. They do. Yep. Uh, I just, I don't force. I mean, they, should, they should have beat Michigan when Michigan made the playoffs and won, won that, won the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, inexcusable. Yep. But that that goes maybe to coaching and situation, you know, situational coaching and whatnot. Not not good. Certainly not good for Nebraska. There uh, this week, uh, you mentioned a couple games that uh, you're intrigued by. Uh, are you intrigued at all by Oregon and and Georgia or no. not really? Or is it LSU, Florida State? What are the games that you're intrigued by this week? Yeah, Georgia, Oregon. I don't care. I think that's going to be not close. Um, Cincinnati, Arkansas, maybe. Mm. That's at Arkansas. I like that. All right, what's what Cincinnati got here? Coming off a playoff appearance. Yeah. Since Arkansas was pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, Utah, Florida. I don't know if it's my game of the week, but Florida, new coach, unranked. Um, very odd matchup. Florida never goes anywhere for a non-conference game, and they usually don't play any. But at least here, Utah going to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Utah on paper, you know, a better team uh, when the Pac-12 get to the Rose Bowl. So, you know, if Utah wants to be in that playoff discussion, they got to win that game. Absolutely. Their so, season, it's just, it's, their hopes hinge. Just a very odd matchup, very odd matchup. Mm-hmm. It's the Urban Meyer Bowl. 
Uh, but yeah. the, yes, Utah's playoff hopes ride on this, uh, or predicated on them beating Florida, because I don't see them uh, going undefeated with the remainder of their schedule. The Pac-12 has too many good teams within their division. UCLA, uh, USC, they have to play Oregon. Too difficult for Utah to navigate through that their way through that unless they can beat Florida, which I do have them doing. Um, and I, I also don't like Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, it's a, what, a 17 or Ohio State's a 17 point favorite. Yep. Which tells you tells you a lot. And that's top a top five, five matchup. matchup. So, it's a top five matchup, and Ohio State's favored by 17 and a half. I mean, they're just saying they should be really good. So that kind of tells you. The two, the, two, the two big games, I just don't care about. I, don't, I just don't think they're going to be close. So I guess that says more about the teams that are good. Like Georgia and Ohio State are really, really good. Um,. Maybe, if it's not Utah-Florida, Thursday, I am pretty Thursday, so that's good. I am very interested in Purdue hosting Penn State. Mm. Mm -hmm. 7 o'clock, Big big Fox on Thursday night, because we'll get to our picks. I'm going to uh, have some surprises here with the picks. You Mm -hmm. probably guessed a couple of my teams. But I I really like Purdue. Shark like Nebraska. I don't give a shit what, you know, Iowa and Wisconsin are always going to be in there. They're always going to be a factor. But I like Purdue. They were, what, a nine-win team last year. And Mm -hmm. Penn State usually pretty good. So if they can beat Penn State, I think they could get up to a really good start. I like their schedule. And Maryland and Penn State in their crossover game. So. That's, that's a doable schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, like India, I think I said Indiana was my team last year, and they, they did not do as well as I wanted them to. No, they so, Purdue, let's get all on Purdue. Purdue yep. and Penn State Thursday is my game of the week. Well, I would really like Purdue to win that game against Penn State because I want to see Penn State flounder this year because I think Penn State has, oh, look how good Penn State is, James Franklin, and oh, Sean Clifford. Like, I like Sean Clifford. Don't get me wrong. I love that. I, I think he's a very good quarterback, but Penn State has way too many holes. Kirk Herbstreet says Penn State could be his surprise team in the Big Ten this year. I don't see it happening. I want Penn State to lose that game right away. and just, Let's just be done with it. I am very curious you're not uh, – you're not into the uh, Jerry Kill reunion. He, he was ne- said he was never stepped foot at TCF Bank Stadium or what at Huntington Bank Stadium again uh, when the University of Minnesota fired him. He returns with New Mexico State, taking on the Gophers. That's uh, I mean that should be. I'm, I'm sure he also said he was done coaching a half dozen times yes. between now and when he left because of health issues. Yes, um, yes. I mean, just it's just like. I just don't like football people that maybe his health issues are under control now, but it's like this sport and game is not worth your health. Mm-hmm. I so. got the, the the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pittsburgh is going to be very intriguing because I think West Virginia. I've, I've mentioned it before. I think they're one of they're them and Maryland are kind of my sleeper teams this year. Uh, 
in the uh-huh. not again. I'm not picking them to compete for division titles, but I think better. I would take the over on their win projections. West Virginia's got JT Daniels, former Georgia quarterback. I think they have what it takes. Pittsburgh's replacing uh, a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback and Kenny Pickett with uh, Keaton Slovis, a former USC transfer. So Pittsburgh should be good, but I'm just curious to see how West Virginia is going to uh, play in this uh, in this backyard brawl against a, a Pittsburgh's going to have a good defense. But that's a very intriguing game. I, I want to see if West Virginia can keep it close. Pittsburgh's a seven and a half point favorite. West Virginia, keep it close late. That's what I want to see. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, Pitt, yeah, Pitt had a very good year. We'll see if they maybe take a step back this year. I mean, they lose their receiver, they lose their quarterback. That's yep. a big loss. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Addison leaving for USC. Was, was, I mean, wasn't their offensive coordinator now in Nebraska? Yes. So, yep. Yep. That's only loss. Yeah. Yep, so yeah, Pittsburgh has lost quite a few guys. So yeah, and I think Pittsburgh will still be good this year, but I think them and also Michigan State taking a slight step back. Michigan State kind of took the, and Wake Forest too. They all kind of took the college football world by storm last year with how they were doing. Uh, Sam Hartman's going to be out for a while this season for Wake Forest, so that's not good. Uh, Michigan State, I think they just kind of snuck up on people last year with how Mel Tucker ran uh, the head coach at, with Sparty, how he worked the transfer portal and got the guys in there to, to all buy in. I And actually, Michigan State played Pittsburgh in the Peach Bowl last year. Michigan uh, Pitt prevailed, I think. Um, I, it's... It's going to be. I just think both of those programs, those schools, and uh, are, are going to take a step back this year. Pittsburgh and Michigan State. We, we know baseball. We keep track of the hitter and pitcher of the week. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have paper in front of you? Something to write something down. With? I you sure keep track do. Of something here throughout the throughout the uh, college football season. I here. sure do. Yep. Uh, lay it on me. Okay, I want to do maybe game of the week. Not like oh yeah, it's going to be all. It's Texas A and M and Alabama. Well, no shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my game of the week, like I said, would be Purdue uh, versus Penn State. Give me the game that I'm maybe interested in the most. Yep. And then, I don't know, maybe some upsets every week. Um, I like Appalachian State to beat North Carolina. Okay, let me uh, let me go here. I'm going to do this. And Travis's upset of the week. Yeah, we'll go with my thoughts. Okay. I like it. Uh, so week one, you have App State over uh, UNC. Yeah, so maybe an upset of the week, the game of the week, or the game I'm most interested in, and maybe something like the watch your ass game of the week. Ah, yes, okay. Like, I'm not saying they're losing, but watch your ass. Yep, all right. Uh, I like it, I like it. Uh, Travis's watch your ass uh, game of the week. It's got a catchy tune to it. Uh, Travis's watch. And so I'm not, so yeah, so it's like I'm not saying they're losing, but it's like yeah, watch your ass. Um, Houston versus UTSA. Oh, okay, all right. Everybody likes Houston. We think they're going undefeated. We think they're this year Cincinnati. Uh, watch your ass. Watch your ass for the for the Roadrunners. All right. So. Very That's, good. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go with that. We'll see what if I can come up with that every week. All right. I like that. I like it a lot. So, yes, we will keep that on hand here. Uh, let's go, though. Let's go to that AAC. And, and maybe yeah. uh, we don't got to write this down, but if, but if there's one game, like, 
Boston College. What about Boston College? Rutgers and Boston College play this week. That's probably my... You couldn't pay me enough to watch that game. <laughs> okay. Just no. All right. No. All right. What What are the requirements for that uh, you couldn't pay me enough? Do they have to be two Power 5 schools? Does it have to be... Like, like you got Central Connecticut and UConn, which is you know beyond the pale for Christ's okay. sake. But okay. I mean, these are two power conference teams. Like, no, nah, Rutgers, Boston College. You'll see that on like, yeah, this is bad. Okay, it would, it would have to be really, really. I don't. Yeah, that's that's an aside. We don't have to do that every week. Okay, just uh, oh, oh, you look at that. You're like, oh, that's not in the rotation whatsoever. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. So yes, that is what we will do. Um, so yeah, let's go through some of this. We'll start with, uh, the, the, with the conference that Houston is in for the final year. Uh, that would be the AAC. And I really think for the, for the AAC, this is really the last year of relevance for a little while. I know they're gonna, I know they're bringing in some new schools. I can't tell you what those schools are off the top of my head, but, uh, losing UCF and Houston and Cincinnati is very difficult, especially on the football side, because those are your three best teams in the conference this year. Um, it just—it's difficult. And if I'm looking at—I'm looking at the AAC here, and it's what's uh, very curious to me is that for Houston, it's almost like I think a cakewalk for them to get to the AAC championship game because they don't have UCF. Or Cincinnati on their schedule. That is a huge feather in their cap and a huge reason why so many people have Houston going undefeated this year because you avoid those other two teams. I really like what Gus Malzahn is doing at, at, at UCF. So I think UCF is going to be... Uh, uh, Cincinnati has to go to UCF this year. If it was in Cincinnati, I think I would take Cincinnati over UCF. Because it's in Orlando, give me the Knights to win that one. So I like... Since Cincinnati's going to be right there too. Apart from losing to Arkansas, I only have Cincinnati with one other loss, and that's at UCF. So when it's all said and done in the AAC championship game, I have Houston at eleven and one against UCF eleven and one. I'll have Houston versus Cincinnati. All right. Uh, what what are the records for each of them? Oh yeah, Houston. Only Houston owns the table, okay. and I'll give Cincinnati one loss. Okay, that sounds good. And uh, who do you have winning? Uh, Houston. Houston. So you have Houston. Then, all right, let me get this down here. Uh, we have the AAC Championship, undefeated Houston against uh, Cincinnati with one loss. Yes. Is that are they running the, the the table in conference play? Then are you do you have them losing to Arkansas? I guess they may lose. Yeah, lose to Arkansas in the regular season. So we have one loss going into that game. Okay, so one loss this Saturday, and then running the table the rest of the way. And you have Houston winning that. Okay, let's go to the ACC. Uh, this one again, the coastal is completely up for grabs. It's like it's almost giving been given to the Hurricanes on a silver platter just because of uh, different coaching uh, changes at Duke and Virginia Tech and Virginia. Uh, Georgia Tech sucks. I mean, it's just this is the year for Miami. I don't like giving division titles just so easily to 
coaches in their first year with the program. We know how good Mario Cristobal is uh, or was at Oregon. I think he'll be very good at Miami. I think they give it. They get in rather easily. With the other division, the Atlantic, it's a little more challenging because so many people are high on North Carolina State this year. I think North Carolina State's going to be really good, but I also expect a big bounce-back year from Clemson. I, DJ Uyagale is going to play better. They have playmakers. That defense is going to be really good. The loss of Brett Venables, the defensive coordinator, will hurt, but they will be fine. And it all comes down to that October 1st game with NC State at home. I think Clemson wins that game, and I have Clemson at 11-1 and uh, taking on Miami, Florida in the ACC championship game with Clemson winning. I'm going to North Carolina State. I'm uh, disappointed in that, but, you know, you got to really believe in North Carolina State, but for something different and new, uh, we will say they do beat Clemson, and uh, we'll say they go, uh, they, they go to the ACC title game. With well, maybe like some like an eleven and one record, okay, and maybe maybe ten and two, and I think they play Miami, and I think Miami's uh, Miami can be like nine and three and still get there. Okay, again, that's just because the coastal is so bad. It really is. Yeah, I mean it's them and Pitt, and that's the final game of the year, and that should decide things. I would think in that division, Pitt at uh, Miami, I mean that, that should decide um, what happens there. I believe, yes. And you have NC State winning? Oh, yeah, we have uh, North Carolina State win this this conference. Okay. Big 12, uh, you know, we have a couple more years right now of Oklahoma and Texas. Next year, you get the, the BYUs, the Houstons, the Cincinnati's, the UCFs coming in to school. We'll see if, you know, Oklahoma and Texas decide to leave after that. A lot of, uh, again, I would say no Power 5 program had as tumultuous of an offseason as Oklahoma did, losing their head coach, their star quarterback, wide receiver, and the, the list goes on and on. You bring in Brett Venables. He has gotten some decent recruits through the transfer portal and has brought in a decent recruiting class. I just, that's so much for Oklahoma to overcome what they lost. I don't see it happening this year. I have a repeat of the Big 12 championship game. I'm a little hesitant to do that. I think Texas could maybe sneak in there. I do like West Virginia more than what a lot of people like, but I have Baylor against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Each of those teams 10-2, and two, uh, but Baylor ultimately winning another Big 12 championship. I have the same two teams with Oklahoma winning. Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? Oklahoma. Okay, I have Oklahoma State in the championship. Oh, okay. Well, I have Oklahoma. Okay. And beating Baylor, I have got uh, Oklahoma maybe with only one loss. Oh, okay. I, I don't think they miss much of a beat. Interesting to see. I mean, their offense has been great for a long time. Interesting to see what, what changes, if any, happens to their offense. But, I mean, they, they should not be tested for, for at least the first month. So they've got some time to figure things out. And if Will Venables can coach up the defense, uh, we saw you know, the Baylor and Oklahoma State defense all of a sudden get good. So maybe this will become a defensive conference after, after all these years. So 
I think, yeah, game of the year, November 5th, Baylor uh, at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Or, I do like Baylor, but I am, I'm going to go with the old reliable in Oklahoma. And how many? Uh, what's Baylor's record going into this? Uh, ten and two. Ten and two. Okay. There we go. So we have uh, th- we have two different, two of our three uh, conference winners. We have different right now. We're the same with Houston. Uh, you have NC State and Oklahoma, uh, and those are two teams I don't even have in the Big Twelve championship game. So uh, that's. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Texas wins more than seven games. I also have Texas with seven wins. All right, we're on the same page. Yeah. Yep, I, and I gave them a loss against Kansas just because they haven't beaten them a couple times. Well, like, beat them for Christ's sake! You haven't beaten them. I, I mean, I, I have Kansas with five wins this year. That's probably one to two wins more than what they will get. I think Kansas can be. I had fun with the Kansas win against Texas just because. Kansas has beaten Texas the last two times. So I do think Texas could likely be more so 8-4, and four, maybe even 9-3, and three, but I have them with seven wins. And, again, I'm all in on West Virginia. I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think that they – it's always difficult to travel to Morgantown, and they get Baylor at home. They get Oklahoma at home. I think that is um, beneficial for them for sure. Uh, that and this get. quarterback, this quarterback, I hear so much about. I, I mean, do something. Yes, you're so good. Do sort of. Yep. Transfer from Ohio State. I don't want to say his last name. Quinn, somebody. Oh, uh, Quinn Ewers uh, for Texas. Quinn, show me something. You're this big hot shot with a mullet. Uh, if I can do something. Yep. Yeah, he got all that NIL money for uh, yep. at Ohio State, and then he transfers after one year. I thought we were talking about JT Daniels for a second. They're the quarterback at West Virginia. Oh no. No. Oh, okay. No. All right. Very good. Big Ten championship here. Uh, I I just think that Ohio. State, you never want to tick off your rival, your big brother, little brother. I mean, it's the sibling rivalry. And Ohio State's tick that they lost to Michigan the way they did last year. If you saw Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, you know the embarrassment of riches they have at wide receiver with Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, with Jackson. Uh, uh, let me get his name here. Uh, Smith uh, and Seedwell. I know I just botched that name, but let me get that pulled up here. Uh, I think he's a fringe uh, candidate for the Heisman. It's uh, oh, yeah. uh, Smith and, and Jigba. Uh, J- Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. So um, I think Ohio State runs the table this year. I think there are a couple trap games later in the season, uh, particularly against Maryland, who I think will be up to the task this year. So they need to watch out for that. Uh, but I think they beat Michigan this year. They'll beat Penn State. They'll beat. I mean, Ohio State is just so good. I have them just dicing teams with how good their offense is going to be. C.J. Stroud, Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. Ohio State's going to dominate. And on the West side, this is wide open. I think I know where you're leaning. I have a four-way tie at the top in the West. Four teams at nine and three: Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Purdue. They're all kind of round-robbing each other with who's losing to who, and ultimately I'm just going with the safe pick, going with Wisconsin to ultimately prevail, but I could see any of the four teams making it, but I have Wisconsin against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, 
and I have Ohio State pummeling them. It'll probably be Wisconsin or Iowa. I'm going to take Purdue for something different. Yes. They won, I mean, they won nine games last year. Doesn't seem like anybody's talking about Purdue. They beat they beat well, they beat Tennessee last year, right in the bowl game. Yes, they did. Forty eight. Everybody, everybody loves the balls. Well, they beat them last year. A lot of points. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was in Wisconsin. I got off to that terrible start last year, mm-hmm. and um, when in Iowa, Iowa, yeah, Iowa made the uh, made the Big Ten title game. But Wisconsin, weren't they right there? They yeah. were. Yeah, they were eight and three. They were right there. They were six and three after losing to the Gophers last game of the year. So. Yeah, I mean, you just can't count out any of those teams. But for something different, I will pick Purdue. I think Purdue's going to be 10-2, and two, Okay, and they win the division. All right. And I would assume you have Ohio State as well? I think it's going to come down to the last, that last game again between Michigan and Ohio State. Okay. I guess I've got Michigan maybe just losing one game into that, uh, into that contest. And, you know, they, they just don't have a quarterback. I mean, it's... You know, not find the, a not quarterback. Ohio State. Uh, yeah, Michigan. Just find a quarterback. Like you got everything else. Like could you just find a quarterback. But you know, Jim Harbaugh just doesn't usually have. Especially Michigan. He's, he had Andrew Luck, but even with the 49ers, it's like you got a good team. Could you get a? We had Colin Kaepernick. I know, but you can do better than him. Like you know, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Like, none of those guys were top ten guys. Could you get? Can you get it like a gale? Why, why is it so difficult? I don't know. It's kind of like Alabama for years and years couldn't find a yes. kicker. They, they got guys that can do it. You know, Florida struggled for so long. Certain teams are like, oh, they just need you know, LSU. Yeah, LSU couldn't find a quarterback Ch- until Joe Burrow fell into their laps. And even he, like, he was there a year and didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They like, Joe Burrow, like, all right, he was there, he didn't do anything, and then he exploded. It was like, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Ohio State, but, but if they slip up, Michigan's right there. And Ohio State, 11-1 uh, or 12-0? Yep, yeah, 12-0. All right. Let's go to the Pac-12. Uh, this, and I'm, I'll be honest here, I'm not sure how I have this going because I'm confused if they're doing divisions. There is no division. There's there are no, no divisions. There's no division, so, all right, you have that there. I am going out on a limb here. You have a surprise with uh, Purdue coming out of the Big Ten. You like Purdue this year. Um, I really like Utah. I know they lost some key players, but Cameron Rushing, their quarterback, is back. I like Kyle Whittingham in general. His his teams are mostly non – they don't make a lot of mistakes. They're just very sound across the board. Good special teams and everything. They have to beat Florida this week. They lose to Florida. The dream is done. I think, though, you get to that Rose Bowl last year. You almost get it. They aren't satisfied yet. Utah is going to have a hell of a year. And I I don't know. I guess I'll take them against Oregon, though I have you I have Oregon, USC, and UCLA all at ten and two. So I don't know how the hell this is all going to work. I would just I guess stick with Oregon here. Uh I have Utah beating Oregon because Oregon can't ever beat Utah, at least that's the way it seems. So I have Utah prevailing in the Pac twelve. I don't really like Oregon this year. 
think they're always maybe three or four games. Oh, we got Michael Pinnock, the Indiana guy quarterback? Nope, nope. That's at uh, Washington. Uh, oh, this ooh, is, okay. They have Bowling well, Green and Auburn. I still don't like them. I do like USC. I didn't think I would like them as much. My right, USC. Let's you know do something first with all this hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't shit on the Pac-12 as much as I have been because Utah is good. I think, mm-hmm. and USC should be better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got USC over Utah in that championship game. I just you know. USC should have a great offense. Uh, Schottenkirk said their defense maybe needs some help. But I just look at this USC schedule, and I just don't see anything there. I mean, they don't play Oregon. Mm-hmm. They're at they're at Utah October 15th. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there is nothing that concerns me too hell of a lot when it comes to the schedule. They ended, you know, Notre Dame at home. They're at you at UCLA. I think they can beat them. Other than that, I mean, there's just nothing there. If you, I think they they should score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. You know, at Stanford week two, that's been a problem for them in the past, it seems like. But I think USC is going to score a boatload of points. And I, even if it doesn't go their way, I don't see them losing more than two games. I think their floor is 10-2. and two. Okay. I am Arizona, Cal, Colorado. I mean, Arizona State. Or I mean, look at their schedule. Yeah, you got what ten and two, probably losing to Utah and maybe UCLA. Uh, yes. Yep, that is exactly what I have USC as. No, uh, I can see him losing at Utah. That's it. Okay, so I, I don't and see one. him. I don't see him losing to the Bruins. I don't see him losing Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, I like him more than I thought I would, okay. but I think they're going to be. In the playoff discussion. And against Utah, what's Utah's record? I think Utah is going to be... 11-1, Let's go... Let's go 10-2. Okay. I guess. And you have USC winning. Yeah, USC, I guess... You should get, I guess... I should probably give them at least one loss. So, okay. give USC one loss, give Utah two, and USC wins. I I do think, and you, you bring up a great point when you look at USC's schedule, there really isn't anything on there. Oregon State's kind of a tricky game, just because Oregon State is improved, but they do have to go to Utah. That's going to be difficult. UCLA is improved, and UCLA is the team I'm looking at. If you think USC isn't playing anyone, UCLA is plays absolute cupcakes. Their first... It, Apart from at Oregon, at Oregon's their toughest game all year because they get Utah and USC at home. I think if we're looking at a team that kind of is on the outside looking in to crash the the party here, it's UCLA. Uh, I think they... I think they lose all three of those games. I think they do. You do? Okay. I just... I'm, I have them at 10-2, and two, but I think it's awfully awfully close that that UCLA could find their way into the Pac-12 championship game just because of the schedule that presents itself with Utah and USC at home and I again I just it, they don't play anyone UCLA does not play anyone um, but I will go with Utah at 11 and 1 against uh, winning uh, against Oregon 
Uh, so we both have Utah in there, but you have USC beating Utah. And then finally, the SEC championship game. I feel like this is almost the easiest one to predict. Uh, again, you don't want to piss off the little brother or your rival. Alabama's pissed off this year. Georgia awoke them. Uh, I've heard Nick Saban say this may be his best team he's ever had. That he's very he's very happy. This has been an enjoyable group to coach. He says that last year they were rebuilding. This is a so like if that was rebuilding, I'd hate to see what they're like at full strength. I'd, I we're gonna come we're gonna find out who their wide receivers are because it seems like lately Alabama's just become a. NFL wide receiver producing factory, but we do know that they have Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They're going to have a dominant defense led by Will Anderson, who had 17 and a half sacks last year. This team is loaded. They're good. Alabama navigates their way through the SEC West. On the East, you almost have to give it to Georgia because Georgia's schedule is so damn easy. It, I mean, they don't play anymore. It always is. It always is. Yes. But, like, this year, they're, the team that I think has the best chance to beat them, arguably, would be Tennessee, and they get Tennessee at home. That game against Kentucky, though, is a dangerous one November 19th. And I will say this about Georgia. They lost a ton of talent from last year, especially on the defensive side, but they were so deep on defense that it's you're going to see a drop-off, but not too much of one. Having said all that, Georgia is replacing a lot. I know it's not rebuilding in Athens. It's retooling. I just, I think Georgia slips up somewhere along the line. They should be, if they go undefeated, it won't shock me, but I do have them with one loss entering the SEC championship game. I have them losing to Kentucky. I have them losing to Alabama and therefore out of the college football playoff discussion. I think this is important for Georgia. Not to make the playoff, but to see, are they going to be a team that's going to be around, or are we going to put them in that same class as Ohio State and Alabama mm-hmm. every year? I thought it's going to be them, it's going to be Georgia. You know, Clemson had a pretty good run. That might have come to an end last year. Clemson, I'm sure, will be fine. It'll be you know, a 9-10 win team. But are you up to that Alabama and Ohio State level? You know, same thing with Oklahoma, you know, or mm-hmm. they're a team that's usually in the mix. So is Georgia going to become a team where it's like, all right, I mean, for them, it is national championship or bust. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they did lose a lot off that team. And they did lose to Alabama uh, in the STC title game. And what the receiver is, the receiver, Williams, that's with, with the Lions now that got hurt. Yes, yep, Jameson yeah. Williams. Yep, and uh, John Meddy uh, got drafted yeah. by the Texans, and he ended up, I think he's got cancer. He's out for the year and stuff. Yes. So um, they, lo- they lost a lot for sure. I mean, and, and Williams, he was the one that got hurt in that in the national title game. In the and, SEC championship game. He didn't play in the natty. And I, I, yeah, I felt like that was the big difference. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you, you lose your best receiver. That's a big difference in that game. So, I've got Alabama winning this conference without a loss. Like, if, they, you know, if, it, if it comes down to Ohio State and Oklahoma, or excuse me, Ohio State and Alabama, and they're both undefeated, mm-hmm. you know, that might be one of the bigger national title games with the hype going into it. Yes. I think every, everybody is picking those two. Yes. Uh, because they lost last year to, you know, to their rivals, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they bring back their quarterbacks, who are probably the two best quarterbacks in the country. Yes. And, you know, Georgia did this without a, a great quarterback. He was fine. Yep. 
but you know uh, with Stetson, he yep. stepped in and he got the job done. But that defense last year was was pretty special. So I'm sure they'll take a little step back. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we'll have Alabama, Georgia, and we'll take Alabama to win that game. Georgia with say one loss. You know, I like Kentucky, but you know. I guess Florida is a team for me. They've got Utah week one, mm-hmm. and I think they got Kentucky week two. So is Florida going to start 0-2? Are they going to lose both of those games? Potentially. Uh, yeah. With a new coach, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, Kentucky, I like to see Kentucky uh, do something. People like Tennessee. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Alabama, Georgia, with Alabama undefeated. Okay. And Alabama winning? Yes. All right. There we go. So those are the major – conferences there i uh, the, again i have kentucky at nine and three i also have tennessee at nine and three i think the sec east has some better teams i'm curious to see what spencer rattler does at south carolina um and the west i think am i i feel like i'm a year too early with am but i do have them with only one loss this year uh injuries really hurt them at the quarterback position last year i have them getting trounced by alabama um, but I do think AM navigates the rest of the way through their schedule undefeated. Though, against Ole Miss, October 29th, that is not by any stretch an easy game uh, to win. So, um, very curious to see what AM does this year. The recruiting class that they've got, number one in the land, I think maybe that is why they should be looked at more as a college football playoff team next year. But I will. Um, I do think A and M is worth monitoring this year. But again, Jimbo Fisher needs to show us something. He hasn't done anything since getting to A and M. Beat Alabama last year, but they still yeah. couldn't win the conference. Like that is the big hurdle to, and that was a ridiculous game um, last year. Uh, well, what they had their back. I think they had their backup quarterback in, and they still won. Mm-hmm. Yes, they so, did. Yeah. It just is weird that Alabama would lose a game like that. Yes, and it is. I mean, you beat them. If you beat them, you have to make that count. And they just didn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So there we go. Uh, let's go now to the – do we want to do the college football playoff teams first or do we want to do the uh, – like Well, the, the, other, the other – the New Year's Six. Okay. Let's, let's start then with the – Rose Bowl, uh, who do you have in the Rose Bowl? You, is that is that your firstborn? It is. Noah, come, you want to come jump on here? Who do you like in the Rose Bowl? The one who you're talking to. Oh, the one who I'm talking to. You, you like Travis in the Rose Bowl, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. All right. I, mean, I, think I, got, I think I got as good a shot as anybody, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. What is your favorite dinosaur? What's your favorite dinosaur? Come here. Who is the best dinosaur? Mm, T-Rex. T-Rex? Yeah, I mean, that's the answer to be. If you're, if you're ranking them. A dino squishy. Oh, a dino squishy? Okay. How about, uh, what's, yeah. the, what's the dinosaur that could uh, give the T-Rex the, its biggest fight, its biggest challenge? Velociraptor. The Velociraptor. There we See, go. he knows what the hell's going on here, so that's good. Yes, yes. He is big into the dinosaurs. He is really big into the dinosaurs. So, Rose Bowl. Toronto, I mean, Toronto Raptors, I believe it's the only, I believe it's the only like, sports team named after a dinosaur. Yes. The Toronto Raptors. Yep, I would hope that. We really should get him a Raptor shirt. 
by now. He would love it. He sounds like he would love it. I've got Utah versus Purdue Ooh. in the Rose Bowl. Utah, oh Purdue, Rose Bowl. Oh maybe, probably, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Utah, Michigan. But I'm going to go Utah, Purdue. If I'm going Purdue, you go all in. Yep, that's right. I like it. I have Michigan against USC. So despite uh-huh. with Oregon losing in the – I just don't want to see Oregon – like I think USC's better if they have uh, three losses and two of them are to Utah. I think they deserve to be in. So I will give USC the Rose Bowl nod against Michigan. Uh, Goodyear Cotton Bowl. This is uh, going to be the New Year Six against the non-power five. So who do you have in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl? It's going to be Houston and Baylor. Okay. All right. I also have Houston in there. I have them taking on BYU in a preview of a Big 12 matchup. So I have, I'll be excited. So I have BYU against Hello. Houston there. How about in the All-State Hello. Sugar Bowl? I've got Oklahoma as a Big 12 winner, not making the playoff, but going to the Sugar Bowl. Okay. I want to say Kentucky, but I'll say Georgia. Okay. I have Georgia in there as well. I have been taking on Baylor, so a rematch of a, a Sugar Bowl from a couple Daddy, of years ago. Oh, lots of coins and nails and stuff. A screw. Well, you know who might get screwed? Minnesota if they don't uh, beat Wisconsin <laughs> there. Or maybe Clemson. Oh, I found the tool. Yeah, a wrench. Well, I could use that too. You know who might be in a bit of a wrench? I don't know. I really don't know. Somebody. Who, who's going to be in a wrench here? Oh, we need an Allen wrench here for this. All right. Let's go then to the Capital One Orange Bowl. I love oranges, but usually this is not a pretty awful game. Yep. Warriors are not. Uh, we're going to go NC State is your ACC champ. Taking on uh, Michigan. Okay. I was flirting with Michigan in there. Don't tell Kelsey uh, that I was flirting with them in there instead of maybe the um, Clemson in, instead of the uh, instead of the Rose Bowl and maybe putting uh, another Big Ten team in there. I though I, I don't know if they're going to do this or not. I have Clemson in there for sure, uh, winning the ACC. And I know they played them in the in the regular season, so I don't know if they'll do this again or if maybe they'll take an SEC team. I have them going against Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame I have with three losses, but they are always kind of that next one up. I, I guess if you were to do an SEC team, maybe it would be like an A&M or a Tennessee. Maybe, uh, maybe a Georgia. Maybe Georgia gets that instead of the Sugar Bowl and they give – you know, Tennessee, the Sugar Bowl not. I don't know, but I have... Texas A&M. Yeah, I, I do have Clemson versus Notre Dame, though. I, if they don't do a rematch, then it would be a team from the SEC. Yeah. I don't want to see Notre Dame in there. I know, I know. You, you don't. And I mean, I have them with three losses, so I don't know if it would even be yeah. possible. But there it is. So how about in your... That leads us to the college football playoff semifinal. Let's go with the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl first. I'll go uh, Alabama is my one seed SEC champ taking on the four seed at the Cougars of BYU. Woohoo! I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, 
We, yeah. we will know very early whether BYU is a serious contender. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Baylor next week, then they're at Oregon. Mm-hmm. So they can win that. You know, Then they got at Notre Dame and versus Arkansas. Yep. And they, they won't. They, I mean, they're not going to be in the playoff, even though I have them there. You but, never know. I mean, they, listen, this is. I a, mean, they, their a, schedule is tough enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cincinnati got in, they had to run the table, and their schedule wasn't all that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like maybe the only shot we'll ever have of a non Notre Dame independence that has a legitimate schedule that. I don't know what the you know strength of schedule is going to be at at the end of the year, but when you look at like the those top four, what team on paper right now has a tougher top four than that? I would say Notre Dame. I, I would. sure as hell sure as hell isn't Georgia. No, sure as hell isn't Alabama. Like who? You think Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame because if you look at Notre Dame, they have at Ohio State a neutral site uh. game with BYU. At USC, and then I would say home against Clemson. I think that's a. Yep. I think that's, that's a tough. more. That's tough. I think that's a more difficult four game stretch. Obviously, it's not in a row, but four games, a, a group of four games, than what BYU does. Pretending yeah. to be a grown up. Oh, you're pretending to be a grown up. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, you, well, that's exciting. You know who exciting. else is going to try and pre- pretend to be a grown up? Uh, USC this year and actually do something. So that would be a. That well, one. I like. I think you know, with, with Notre Dame, I don't think they're being competitive versus Ohio State at all. Mm-hmm. I um, I agree with you. I I do, and I I like BYU's schedule. I like that they get Baylor and Arkansas at home. I like that they get that neutral site game with, uh, with Notre Dame and what's the and at Oregon. I think that's a that's a very good challenge there as well. So I will I'll put BYU's schedule up with just about anyone. There and like you said, those four games are going to map the way that BYU um, ultimately, if it will, it will determine if they can make the uh, playoff or not. I'm going to sit, stay within the state of Utah, and I'm going to go with the Utes. I'm going with a bit of a surprise. I'm going to go with Utah, finishing with, by winning the Pac-12 championship. I'm going to have them go 12 and one, and I'm going to have them take on Alabama in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Alabama the one, Utah the four. How about in even? I mean, even if BYU loses one of those games, let's say they lose to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Let's say they lose to Baylor, and Baylor wins the Big 12. Okay, a one-loss team is going to get in. Why not BYU? They won't. I don't know. They'll, they'll hold something against them. I don't know what it's going to be because they're out of the conference. But you, I mean, they're at Boise State. Boise State's always a good team. Yes. Uh, they play at Liberty. Liberty's been good the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. even their non-huge profile games are decent. Um, you know, East Carolina. Yes. Yep. Um, I don't know what fuck Utah Tech is. I don't know where that comes in at. It's a, Utah it's, Tech. It used to be Dixie State. Oh, see, oh, they don't like that. Yeah, um, nope, nope. I think that's maybe the cry of the of the of the Utah Tech. Uh, no, that's the, that's the cry of Dixie right there. Yeah, yeah. You um, were in Dixie. So I, I mean, at, at the very least, BYU just lose one of these games to these good teams, and I want to see what the argument is because you've got Baylor, who everybody yep. thinks is a top two team in that conference. Oregon, mm-hmm. who's no worse than third in that conference. Notre Dame, who's number five, and and Arkansas, who's a solid SEC. I don't remember something like this before, but 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a, uh, you well, know, okay, as long so as they keep winning some games, I'm, I'm interested in BYU. So you have NC State with one loss. Who do you have NC State with that one loss to? Probably Clemson. Okay. Uh, so if you were to look at the rest of NC State's, I'm just looking at it for comparison's sake, or heck, even even Houston, like an undefeated Houston. Now, Houston's not playing anyone until the AAC championship game, so I think that one makes more sense. But if we're looking at NC State here, they have at, at East Carolina, so that would kind of be a wash if we're going to go with the, the B, against BYU there. But, yeah, I mean, they have Florida State at home, Virginia Tech at home, those at Louisville, at North Carolina. I guess, they're yeah, NC State doesn't have the the games, I would say, no. that... Um, like, I mean, if, if they can beat Clemson, they should run the table. Yes, yep. I mean, they'll, they'll be favored in every game. They'll be favored in every game they play except Clemson. You know, Wake Forest, I don't know what the quarterback situation was, but I like, you yep. know, if, if Wake Forest could... Uh, well, that, that unbelievable offense last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, NC State. I think. I mean, uh, that that decides the conference early on. Yep. October first, NC State at Clemson. I mean, winner of that one should, you know, be be at least in the Orange Bowl and be in uh, be a playoff be a playoff contender. I agree. I absolutely agree. How about in the other semifinal game in the Fiesta Bowl? Who do you have? I have number two Ohio State versus number three USC. All right, there we go. Now, some would say, and it obviously—I mean, it—it it happens the way it does here. But that USC being the three seed has a distinct advantage playing so close to their campus. There, you know, from Glendale to LA is not very far. Ohio State has to travel a long ways. Um, Could be, but then you got BYU. Are you going to put BYU in Arizona? Against right. Alabama, that ain't yeah. gonna happen. No, no, you can't. You absolutely can't. So it makes since they're the only. Or are thing you gonna, are you gonna put Utah in Arizona? That I mean, Alabama is gonna get precedent here. Yep. Uh, yep. For, for that game. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, so that you have two teams from the West. So uh, this is a West of the Mississippi. Uh, that that would be good. I think that's ultimately good for college football because we're in need of some new blood here. Uh, no Georgias or. Um, uh, Clemson's and whatnot. This would be good. Last year we got it with Michigan and Cincinnati. Two new teams this year in BYU and USC for you. That would be good. I'm going a little. I'm going crazy here. I'm going a year or possibly two years early with this school. I'm going with A&M. If the one loss is to Bama, I don't care if they lose 56 to nothing. I'm just going to give them the chance that they get in just because they would have to play. More difficult teams. They'd have to beat Ole Miss. They'd have to beat Miami, Florida. I just, I'll give A and M that shot. I have them in the playoff as well. I did it last year. Don't do it. I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to. I'm going to try. I'm, I'm, I'm one you know what? I'm going to change my brag. I think Texas A and M is going to play Pitt. I think Baylor is going to play Michigan. And in where? Did you, did you see that was Desmond Howard's playoff? Oh, no, wait. Say this again now. He got a lot of junk online. <laughs> he had Texas A&M playing Pittsburgh. Wow. I don't know I don't know if he did this because he wants to see something new. But Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, not in here. Uh, he also has Baylor versus Michigan. Of course, Michigan. That's his. Um, that's his forty. He's. Oh my. That is. 
And then he has A&M over Michigan in the final. Oh. So obviously I hate A&M. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh over Clemson or NC State. Eh. And then you've got Baylor. Yeah, I could see that. Michigan, mm-hmm. again, you know, if they could somehow beat Ohio State, they'll be in the mix. But, oh, boy, that's, yeah, that was that was something else. That is. How about your Heisman Trophy winner? Oh, we got two quarterbacks. You got C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Bryce Young, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You hate to pick, you know, one of those guys. Um, let's go C.J. Stroud. You know what? Uh, what uh, Anderson, the linebacker for for Alabama. You never, you never see defensive guys. He's you know like a pretty popular guy. Mm-hmm. But in uh, in Smith in Jibwa, yes. Um, like he could be a top five guy, but if he's going to have that great of a year, C.J. Stroud's going to be there. And mm-hmm. I don't see him over C.J. Stroud. I I think um, when we made our uh, when we when we did our chat a couple weeks ago, I think I had Bryce Young winning the Heisman Trophy. I'm changing that because just I don't think he can put up the numbers that C.J. Stroud can and will with those wide receivers. I'm going to give it to C.J. Stroud as well. And you would think one of these teams are going to disappoint. Mm-hmm. Alabama and Ohio State expectations are so high. Like, everybody saw they're going to go undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say uh, Dylan Gabriel, UCF quarterback, is out in Oklahoma. Um, I yep. like him as a dark horse. Sure. Dylan Gabriel. Um, but I guess if I'm going all in here, my official pick for Heisman Trophy winner is Caleb Williams at USC. Oh, okay. That... If, if they are going to have the type of year that I think they are going to have, mm-hmm. he is going to put up some huge numbers. Yes, he will. And uh, it's not, you know, Oklahoma, Tyler Murray, and Baker Mayfield, and all these guys that win the Heismans. Mm-hmm. Well, now Lincoln Riley goes to USC, and that's that's the Lincoln Riley thing to win some Heismans with the quarterback. So I'm going to go with that. Caleb Williams, USC, Heisman winner. Okay. And how about for your national championship game, uh, who do you have there? Alabama over Ohio State. I agree with you there. We are in agreement there up uh, at, at its ultimate finale. I do think Ohio State has a good chance to beat Alabama this year, but until you beat Alabama, you you got to go with the Crimson Tide, and that's why I will go with Alabama as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are the two teams, and then everybody else is, is you know, one and two, and then it's, it's everybody else. So. Yep, I agree. All year long, it's going to be Alabama and Ohio State. Well, it, it, excited for the college football season. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, anything else we need to discuss about the college football season? No, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. You know, not not interested in any of those bigger games mm-hmm. this week. But um, I do got I do got a game on Saturday night, yep. which isn't isn't ideal. But you know, we we'll make it work. If I how interested how big how good of a chance do you give the Jackrabbits to beat Iowa? I think they'll be within a couple touchdowns. I don't see it being a blowout. I think but Gronowski's back. I think he's going to be just as good as he was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, the running back is unbelievable. Yes. Um, yep. they, they need that big win. They need that big 
Power Five win. Mm-hmm. They don't have that yet. Kansas doesn't count. And uh, Colorado State, that's not a Power Five win. Yep. They need that. They need that signature win. And I don't think they get it, but I think they're going to have. We're going to be going looking back at that game and said, "Oh, if you wouldn't have turned the ball over there, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, if you wouldn't have you know, thrown that interception there or given up that that play, you maybe win that game." So I think yeah, 11 a.m. Well, Sunday or Saturday, we'll all be watching that. Yep, Saturday on FS1. That's... I think I think that offense. I think I think uh, I, I I can't find a point spread, but I um, I think it'll be close. Iowa's defense is really good, but their offense stinks. SDSU has the better. I mean, they don't have the better defense between the two teams, but SDSU's defense is really good. So I think that. If SDSU can score twenty-ish points, they have a good chance to win that game. I do. I think that's that could be the deciding factor in this. Can they get to twenty? Because I don't trust Iowa's. Um, I don't. I don't trust Iowa to put up a lot of points. I really don't. Did the Jackson beat North Dakota State plenty over the years? Mm-hmm. In Fargo, in Brookings, they've beaten they've beaten them as much as anybody else ever has. Uh, but SDSU just doesn't win these games. The big national power five, they just don't win them. They find ways to lose them, even against teams that aren't all that great. You know, teams like Missouri and you know teams like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Oklahoma? Was it Oklahoma? No, Baylor. Baylor a couple of years ago. Yes, yep. They, they should have. I mean, they put up a boatload of points. That's game. They, I mean, they just don't win those games. Right. So, you know, I don't think they're going to win, but I think – they will be uh, be right there. Speaking of Colorado State, they take on Michigan this week. Michigan 30.5-point favorites. So. Yeah. And USD's at Kansas State. Yep. So there you go, our college football preview. We both have the same national champion. We have the same national championship matchup. It's just a little bit of a different route getting there. But we have different teams this year, and that's what I like about it. So yeah. uh, very good, very good. Um, I want to watch more college football this year. I have not watched nearly enough the past couple of years, and mm-hmm. I think I'll be watching more this year. So I'm excited about that. Excellent. I I hope to as well. On the ba- let's go to the diamond now, the baseball side of things here, and uh, the Twins got a m- much a badly needed home sweep of the Giants. Uh, to get back within two games against Cleveland. I still don't have a ton of confidence in this team, but it was nice to see them get that win and put up runs and stuff. That was nice to see. Yeah, they needed that. So they lose six in a row. They win three in a row. I still think they're winning this division. They're two back with 34 games to go. Mm Mm-hmm. They play Cleveland seven or eight times. They play the Sox teams this week. They play Boston. They're not good. Mm-hmm. They play the White Sox. They're not good. Uh, win those series. Go four and two. Play, the playoffs have started for this team. They 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 got to go. This yep. is playoff baseball for the next month. You know, four and two at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Seattle fans right now because Seattle beat Cleveland three out of four. Yep. They have to play again this weekend in Cleveland. So hopefully Seattle wins at least a couple games there. Yep. Um, You've got the Yankees next week. That's three automatic losses, so you've got that to deal with. Mm-hmm. But but other than that, a manageable schedule, a lot of division games here. The last uh, 25 games of the season, a lot of division games, so it'll come down to to 
what you're going to do against uh, the White Sox and Cleveland. So you just look back at those couple games they blew back in July against Cleveland. That is the difference right now between first and second. Yes. Yeah. I still think they're winning the division. So it is exciting here to, you know, have it, have it be close at the end. Mm-hmm. Markson, I think he's going to be out the rest of the year with a hip. Um, I, I don't. They haven't said much on him. I think that's because they know he's not coming back. So, yeah. You might hear you no know, rumblings around playoff time. Oh, I don't know if he can get him back for the playoff series. It won't matter. So, uh, Correa had a good series. He, he needs to pick it up offensively. He's got a month to get things going. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the Buxton thing they tried to limit is his usage and it still didn't work and he still hurt. So maybe what 90, I think 92 games. If he doesn't play again, he's got to look at the off season training or something like it's something. It, or he's just maybe fragile. Like, I don't know if, he, if he's too fast. So he tweaks, you know, tweaks his hip. He fucks up his knee mm-hmm. that he sees. He's so fast that he's too fast. That it's such a, you know, when he goes from zero to 60 back to zero, it's such a jolting, Blow to him. Yep. Uh, Defensively, he's been good. He hasn't ran into the wall as much and gotten hurt that way. That's been a problem in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just go back to, not that this would have made a difference, but he started in center field in the All-Star game because Mike Trout was hurt and a great honor for Buxton, and he hit a home run in the game, and Mm -hmm. great. But that would have been a spot, okay, rest him. Rest him for a couple weeks. A week or two. Uh, you take an entire week off without missing games. Yep. Came back from the All-Star break. They played Detroit. He missed that entire series because he had an injection in his knee. Mm-hmm. Then he came back, and it's it's bothered him ever since. So I don't know what to do with the guy. They were so afraid of him going on the DL because you just can't put him on there because that's the big thing, mm-hmm. and he's going to end up missing 60 to 70 games again. Yeah, it's just sucks. There's no other way around it. Uh, but like you said, the, ske- the schedule outside of those uh, that series in New York is favorable. So hopefully the Twins can apply some uh, more pressure on Cleveland and and get it. Because right now, yeah, I don't see the White Sox doing much of anything. It's really down to the Twins and the Guardians. Uh, the Rays have all of a sudden vaulted into second place in the AL East. I don't know how they've done that. The Blue Jays, I'm so tired of this Blue Jays team. They're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. This team should be way better than what they are. What what do we make of the Blue Jays? Yeah, they were disappointing at the beginning of the season, but you know they're they're gonna. They lost three in a row to the Angels at home. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I mean, Jose Barrios has not been good. He's his ear is like five and a half, mm-hmm. and they signed him to a long term deal. So I think they're only disappointing that the expectations were a little bit higher for this team, mm-hmm. but. Let's see, I think they're still going to win like 90 games and be in the, uh, be in the playoffs, which they weren't last year. But they're in pace to win, I guess, 87. So that should be enough to, to get into uh, to the uh, wild card hunt. So and it, it's frustrating that their offense has not been better. Yep. I mean, C- Seattle continues to roll here. That's, you know, they, they might be the real deal here. Seattle. Yep. I had, I've had my doubts, but they. I, I hope they make it because, God damn, it's, it's been a long time. It has. It was the longest drought in professional sports right now. They haven't made the playoffs this century, right? Or did they make it in 2000 or 2001? Yeah, 2001. All right. Maybe in 2003, maybe. But, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a, 20 years. It's been at least 20 years, yep. 
Yep, so there's that. The Braves are only three games back with the New York Mets. Um, I, Cardinals are killing it now. They are, yep. Cardinals do, are the Braves going to catch the Mets? I mean, it seems kind of somewhat inconceivable that given how good the Mets were to begin the year and how uh, just how far ahead they were of everyone else. But Atlanta playing such good baseball right now. What, what What's going to happen here? I mean, it's a toss-up. I think both teams have got a good shot to go to the World Series. So, I think the Mets will hang on as long as they can stay healthy. I mean, Scherzer, a little banged up. DeGrom's been pitching excellent. So, I mean, you're getting some guys back now at the end of the season for some of these teams that have been out for a while. So, I think, um, yeah. I think the Mets will hang on, but it, it'll be close. Three-game series at the end of September, beginning of October, in Atlanta. If the Mets decide it. Yep, if the Braves are even only two games back there, that is a that is one to definitely watch. And then I guess my final question here is: I was I whether I didn't pay attention to this or just forgot. I don't know. I plead the fifth, but. Um, the, the schedule comes out for next year, and it's a balanced schedule. They're playing – every team is playing every other team in the league this year. So the interleague play is – it's just all – I mean, it's good. It's a good thing overall. There's fewer division games. I like that. Like you said, it's more balanced. Uh, do you like this new approach by Major League Baseball? Had you remembered that they were doing this? How surprised were you when, when this came across last week? Yeah, I knew they were doing it. It is, yeah, it, it's good, I guess. Uh, Twins played the Giants there last weekend, and that was their, I think that was their first trip to Minneapolis since '05, I think. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So they'd only been, they'd been to the Metrodome a couple times, never been to Target Field. Uh, our friend Drew Amon's always mad that the Twins never play in Denver. Mm-hmm. But that'll change. They don't play there next year, but they should play there in 2024. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like it. You know, you've got, what, 18, 19 divisional games. That, I think, gets knocked down to around 12 or 13. So, yep. you know, that'll be tough. Um, but, yeah, it's basically you get to play these National League teams more, and, and, and that's good, you know. Yes. Yep. You get to see the Mets and the Braves and, you know, the Dodgers at home at least once once every, uh, you know. Well, it's just two like, to three years you'll get to see them in Minneapolis, so that's good. It's just like the NBA and the NHL. They play every team um, yeah. during the season twice, once at home and once at the other place. I think if I will give you a team that I think benefits the most from this, it's the Baltimore Orioles because they. this is a team, as we like to say, on the come. They don't have to play as many games against the Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays or even the Red Sox. This is a, a, a team that's primed to make a big run next year, a big leap. They're already the, the surprise of the, the, the baseball season this year, but you're telling me that they're going to get better and they have to play fewer games against the rest of the AL East teams? Sign me up for that. Sign me up for the Orioles. Automat- I'm already putting the Orioles in the playoffs next year. Uh, this is a, If there's one team that's benefiting from a uh, this, the schedule going uh, changing the way it is, it's the Baltimore Orioles. Makes sense to me. Uh, Boston's probably going to finish under 500 in that division. They're four games under. Mm-hmm. The Orioles are seven is over 500. So you're going to have four of the five teams in that division over 500, which I don't think has happened very often. Um, 
But I think yeah, under that format, you could see divisions, notably the, the American League East, maybe have all five teams over 500. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, For sure. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, National League versus American League, how that uh, how that goes if one league dominates the other mm-hmm. through the years. But it is incredible to just think back, you know, throughout baseball where, you know, there were you know, eight teams or 12 teams in a league and they played every team in that league 20 times and that was their schedule. Mm-hmm. They played the same eight to 10 teams every year and how some great players never played the other league. Some, some, they just never played. I, maybe that's a blog post to, for futures. All right, this guy never played this team. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Ted Williams. Ted Williams made the World Series once. Uh, Ted Williams never played the Dodgers. He never played some of that. So that's unbelievable. I um, have to just Google it right now. Who the Baltimore Orioles manager is? Brandon Hyde. Um, he's got. He, he's got to be the runaway AL manager of the year, right? I would say second. I know. I, I think a lot of consideration will go to um, to Dusty yeah. Baker with the Astros. I would give it to Terry Francona with with the Guardians because, given the fire sale that the Guardians had uh, in the off season, it go, dating back to last year, I certainly didn't expect the Guardians. I thought the Guardians would finish fourth or fifth in this division. They're in first place right now. They keep fighting. I would give Terry Francona the second place in the AL Manager Award, but. Brandon Hyde has to win this. If he doesn't, it is a colossal failure of every Major League Baseball voter. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah, Basically, manager of the year goes to the surprise team of the year, and Baltimore runs away with that. Yep. Yep. So No doubt about it. It has to be. Do you have a hitter and pitcher of the week? I do. Have we done Michael Harris with the Braves, our hitter of the week? We have not. So we'll take him. He was a third-round pick in 2019. They've called him up. He's 21. Uh, he's had an excellent rookie season. He has 13 home runs in 82 games. He's hitting just under 300, 15 steals. Uh, he might be a star. So Michael Harris, the second rookie outfielder for Atlanta. Again, a, another rookie, like I said last week, a great rookie class this year. Mm-hmm. And how about your pitch? I, I will, I, by the way, I do think that there's a potential um, uh, guy, maybe we'll get to it next week or two weeks for a hitter. Um, and okay. it's, uh, let me see, where where is this? What are the initials? I believe it, yeah, it is CC. Yep, I, he was on my list. He's not played a game yet, but yep. um, he's being called up today, and I was going to say him today. Um, yeah, we'll see how this guy does. So we'll okay. talk about CC here maybe in a week or two. And not, it's not CC Splish Splash. We was taking a Sabathia. It is a uh, Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, pitcher of the week. Well, we said Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. We have not. Well, that's a goddamn mistake on my part. Uh, Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers. He's on the injured list right now. Just put on there today. Uh, he is 16-1. and one. He has a 2.10 ERA, best ERA, uh, best whip, uh, five hits per nine innings. That leads baseball. He is a Cy Young contender. He won't win it, but he has pitched very well now his fourth year with the Dodgers, and he was always a guy that would get starts here and there, and he'd be excellent, and they would never put him in the rotation. 
because they were very deep, and they finally put him in the rotation, and he's now 16-1 and one with an ERA close to two. Mm-hmm. So He's fantastic. Well, he really is. And to be fair, the, uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. The All-Star game didn't, go, didn't do very well in the All-Star game, but he's 28 years old, Tony Gonsolin, my pitcher of the week. Um, but you, I think you see the the 110-win Dodgers starting to crumble here with Kershaw on the I.L., Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker Buehler is out all of next year with Tommy John, mm-hmm. and now we have Tony Gonsolin on the DL. It seems like this happens to this team. They have so many talented pitchers. They're the deepest team. They have the most talent, the best roster. And once we get close to, to the end of the season, guys start falling off and injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Dustin May back, so that's he was out for Tommy John the last year. So he is back, and he will be, I'm sure, coming up on to just start some playoff games. He's pitched well early, but half of their rotation is out. Yeah, and that, that's so I, I'm not picking, like I said, I'm not picking this team. I will say this every week. I'll pick the Braves. I'll pick the Mets. I'll pick the Cardinals. I am not picking uh, the, the Dodgers. If they are the a- Texas A&M of Major League Baseball. Yeah, them, the Atlanta Braves. Everyone, it's, it's, you know, they can't do any more. They can't trade for any more freaking guys. Right. You know, to be so. to be fair, we did have a two-month hiatus, so we couldn't, uh, we haven't gone through as many hitters and pitchers of the week as we normally do. Well, that's good. Well, let's see yeah, that. And um, I was running out of guys, but we, we, got, we got a couple guys to wrap up. Yeah, very good. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Who was my hitter last week? Julio Rodriguez with Seattle. And he signed a big contract a couple days ago. Sure did. Uh, I mean, various amounts. I think it's an eight-year, $120 million deal. Take him up to around 30 years old. And then various clauses kick in, and the Mariners have some options. You know, it can be a up to $470 million. It won't get that high. That's That's the max, but... And maybe it'll be a three or four hundred million dollar contract, but it's—I think it's a very unique contract. Mm-hmm. But um, they have wrapped him up. He's only twenty-one. He's had a great rookie year. I think he should be rookie of the year. I think he should finish no no lower than second. So they—they uh, they wrapped him up for uh, for a lot of money for many many years. But we will see. We'll see what happens with that contract and what that ultimately ends up looking like. What does Juan so- does Juan Soto's contract go north or is it going to be south of that potentially? Four, let's just so, say four hundred fifty million. Uh, since you're giving it to Julio Rodriguez, this rookie, does Juan Soto's new deal, whenever it comes up, whether that's from the Padres or, or some other team, does it ex- does it go north of four fifty or is it south? Uh, that's right at the number. The the one he turned down was fifteen years for four forty. Yep, with the Nationals. And, yep. And Juan Soto is still only twenty three. I think it'll be over four fifty. How Barely. about just thinking of another guy here? Uh, what Wander Franco or whatever from Tampa Bay? I mean, yeah. he's supposed to be a stud, uh, and we've seen him. He's very good. Uh, does does he get anywhere in the ballpark, pun intended, uh, regarding his next contract? He already signed something oh, last yeah, year, did, kind of similar he? to this yep. Julio Rodriguez deal when he was 20. Mm-hmm. I, I do recall that now. Yeah, he signed an 11-year deal worth 182. 
Well, that's uh, peanuts. peanuts. For Tampa Bay. And Wander Franco has been hurt and has not been good this year. So, I, 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 I'm not a fan of long contracts. I'm not a fan of especially these deals where you sign something I mean, Christ. Like, they should do. You never know. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Wander Franco has only played 58 games this year. He's got five home runs. He's hitting 260. Like, okay, maybe just a, a bad year where he's been injured, but you're giving him 10, 15 year contracts. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them look good early on, but then at the end, it's just like, boy, this, you know, it, did, it, it doesn't end up well. So, you know, you're, you're assuming this guy's going to play for 10 years, health free, good luck. Maybe it'll work out, but no, it's not something I'm a huge fan of. Right. Uh, Do want to, just before we say so long here, congratulate Rory McIlroy for winning the PGA Tour, the the FedEx uh, Championship or FedEx Cup there for golf, and Hawaii's Little League team dominated the Little League World Series, outscoring opponents 60-5. So congrats to Hawaii and Rory McIlroy. McElroy was six back and he came back to win. That's good for him after blowing the British Open. Yep. It's no British Open, but it is uh, it is a, a good payday and a good win nonetheless. $18 million is a good amount of money. Um, I only watched the last couple holes, and those were not good. Uh, Scotty Scheffler blew it. Uh, McElroy could not hit anything but the goddamn stands. Uh, with his iron, so um, yeah, a couple guys that tried to give it away. Yes, he had a great, great final round, but money um, was a three under in the final round. But yeah, McElroy hit the uh, hit the stands. It's like his last couple holes, though. So, yeah, it was for me to watch the last two holes. It was not good. Painful, painful as a spectator. Yeah, and, and it, literally, you get, could have gotten hit. Painful in that in that yes. way. Yeah. Yep, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Anything else we need to uh, get to? One more thing, non-sports related. I wrote a thing. I was inspired oh, yes. to Yes, I forgot. I'm, I'm so sorry. I meant to address that on at, at the top here. And people complain about it, and I can see their complaints, but, you know, doesn't really affect me. May affect others out there. What ten thousand uh, dollars? Biden's student mm-hmm. loan forgiveness, or twenty thousand for a, for a Pell Grant. So I'm sure that'll help some people. Maybe finish out their college loans, or maybe people put a pretty big dent in them. And whether it's people that recently graduated, or maybe people that have been paying off these loans for decades, twenty, thirty years. I'm sure people still doing that. This will be a big help to them. And uh, people complain about it. If you're a Republican, you don't like it. But then my thing was like, the not that these things happen all the time, but rich people get tax cuts. Businesses get tax cuts all the time, which are much higher value amounts than what this will end up being. So, And people don't complain about that stuff. Or maybe they do on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. But like, all right, you get $10,000 in debt forgiveness. So what about this company that got this huge tax cut? Well, how about, about that. So I'd like to ask them, what, what, what is the difference here? What is the difference? Well, how about farming subsidies? Or like what, yes. what does Christy Nome get? I mean, she gets a ton of money. Farm right. subsidies, big oil, energy, any 
Any big company. Yes. Yep. All that stuff. We talked about how we can you know, Bernie Sanders wants free college for everybody forever. And we talk, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's going to cost billions. And yes, it would cost unbelievable amounts of money to, to have free college for everybody forever. Um, you know, I, I looked it up here yesterday. It was something like $600 billion a year. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like yeah, that's a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. Our defense budget is $777 million. And like I don't hear anybody complain for the most part about our military and defense budget at all. I think sometimes, it it, yeah, it, I think sometimes that they say it depends on where we're at right now. Like it, it depends on how much aid we would need, or like what war we're fighting. Are we in Afghanistan or Iraq? Or are we somewhere else? I think that it just depends on what battle America is fighting. Or support. You know, our, our two big rivals are China and Russia. Mm-hmm. I believe Russia's military budget is sixty billion. Yikes! Ours is twelve times that. Seven. It's going to eight hundred billion next year. Eight hundred billion for military. Oh, okay, you, I think you said million before, so it's all it's seven hundred seventy-seven billion. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, maybe I'm so almost a trillion. I'm sure in the next decade it'll it'll eclipse a trillion dollars mm-hmm. or more. Could you, could you cut that back? Fifty billion? Would we see a difference? Fifty billion? Would that make a big difference if we only spent seven hundred billion on the military? Could we get by with that? I don't know. That's a good question. I, mean, I feel like fifty billion dollars would do a lot of good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about you know tax cuts and free college and loan forgiveness and you know i was inspired by a a, a friend of uh, a wife of our friend who under during that that we know of yes who, who falls out at the mouth mm-hmm. like that. I, I need i need i need a match to get me ignited to to come up with something so it's like all right you paid off your loans good for you mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of people out there complain about it or I've seen a lot of people say, hey, I paid off my loans. This doesn't help me, but good for the people it does. So, yeah. This, I believe, is yeah. your was your second or third time that you've gotten an op-ed published in, in the Star Tribune. Yeah, it's the second or third. Well, very but cool. The, the big one, my my Pulitzer Prize was Gnome and her. Yeah. Oh, meth is a big problem. Yes. we got to come up with something to get the meth out of this state. Yes. Then literally... Six months later, COVID, no, nah, that ain't a big deal. And then you just compare and contrast mm-hmm. the math versus the COVID. And one was a much bigger deal than the other. So, yeah, this was good. I I sent it, yeah, I sent it a couple places. Maybe the Mitchell paper, they might pick it up here next weekend, or the Argus Leader usually does. But the Star Tribune, I was surprised. They were the first ones on it, and it was like not even a day later they put it on their website, so I like that. I, I and, agree. I, I was very happy to see it. I'm very. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for you that you got it published. I think it's really yeah. cool. Uh, and I do think. I think it's. They ran it in part because of the polarizing opposites, uh, opposite ends of the spectrum that you're getting within the goober, uh, the the governor race, uh, with with uh, Tim Walls against uh, Scott Jensen and, and Matt Burke, who, oh my gosh, Matt Burke. And, 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 and the other, the, the big, uh, in that, you know, editorial section, the mm-hmm. big thing was that he compared the, the COVID restrictions to 
Nazi camps. I yes. mean, come on and just get yeah. the hell out of here. Yep, but I, 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 th- I do think maybe that's in part why the Star Tribune ran it be just because of how uh, mm-hmm. hyper-vigilant or se- sensitive everyone is in the state, like how important this governor race is and just the... Uh, how close it is, how many, um, how the, the, the variance of opinions on it. I think in part, I would, I would hope that's why the Star Tribune chose to run it as early as they did, but a very good job by you. I, I, I thought it was very good. I do like the state of Minnesota politically much more than my state and they do good things. And I think they will make the right choice with governor here. So I hope so. Cause I don't need Matt Burke uh, and his opinion spouting out around here and whatnot. Hopefully they're, yeah. Hopefully they're smarter than that. So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I do. Well, very good job, uh, and enjoy the college football season, and we'll talk next week. We'll recap it. We'll talk some baseball and uh, get your NFL preview ready because that's, uh, that's coming up here fast. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Uh, i got a couple teams in mind for the NFL, a couple teams that, you know, Maybe borderline playoff teams get something new. We'll pick them. So, yeah, football. Football's here. So, the NFL, we will see. Yes. Uh, good luck with the call this week against Sturgis. And have a great yeah. rest of your week. And we'll, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Well, have a good day. Labor Day weekend. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Same to you. Travis Krenz joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. As always, lots to get into there. Um, just excellent stuff. Uh, we are going to keep this going here. I'm going to try and get Jeff Lloyd the second from the Locked On Browns podcast to, to talk about some draft prospects. Maybe we'll get Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader to talk about the Jackrabbit season. We'll, we'll try and get that in there as best we can. Uh, we will get Charlie Hildebrand coming up next to talk about, uh, go through his uh, predictions for the championship games, for the, the New Year's Six, and everything uh and the Heisman Trophy. So we'll get to all that next here on this very elongated final, uh, uh, very elongated version of the Sports Block Podcast, our prediction preview extraordinaire of the college football season. So uh, plenty more to get to here coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast as we keep talking college football. You can find us available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Travis Krenz on Twitter at Travis Krenz. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. The link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. More college football talk next here on the Sports Block Podcast.